Okay, be honest. How many times have you rolled your eyes when your partner left their dirty socks, they just took off right next to the hamper? Like right there, right next to it. And you're thinking the same amount of effort it took you to put it on the floor would have taken you to just open the hamper or just place it in the basket. Yes, I know a lot of us can relate. We all know that differences in organizational style can be a major source of conflicts in relationships. They can cause stress, tension, and this could be on a daily basis. But there are effective strategies you can use to communicate with your partner and find a balance that works for both of you. For our episode today, we have Dr. Dar Hawks, a relationship healer who is sharing valuable insights and practical tips on how to communicate with a partner who is not organized or tidy. She shares her expertise and personal experience with us, highlighting the importance of empathy, active listening, and finding compromise in relationships. So if you're struggling to keep your space organized and need some help on how to talk to your partner or person you're living with, this episode is perfect for you. Oh, one quick thing. This episode is geared towards communication tips with an adult person you live with or share a space with. It could be a partner, a spouse, but it's an adult. We're not addressing communicating and relationships with children in this episode. Okay, so just a heads up. So let's get to our interview. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. Hello. Hi, Dr. Dar. Great to have you here. Welcome. So we are starting the conversation with the challenges of communicating with a less organized partner. So welcome and let's get right to it. That sounds great. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to this wonderful chat. So let's talk about the challenges. Uh, just to get at that, you know, that conversation off the challenges of community communicating with a less organized partner or really anybody that you live with. How, what are some of those common challenges that people face that may, they may not even be aware are happening, but you could probably point it out. So remind people, like, what does that look like when you're being challenged? Yeah, um, you know, it can show up in all kinds of different ways. And I'll I'll share a funny story, actually funny to me now, right? 20 years later, um, I went out on a first date and we went to dinner. And within the first five minutes, as soon as the the guy I was with picked up his spoon, the way he held his spoon, I knew that wasn't going to work for me. Like every time I would sit for a meal, it would drive me bonkers. (laughs) So, you know, my clients always say, gosh, that's so shallow, but no, it's real. We really have to pay attention to our preferences and the ways we like our kitchen set up and how forks and spoons are used or where their place is in which drawer. Um, Because those are the things that build up to the big things and then create problems in the relationship. Another one is how to load the dishwasher, right? That's a big classic one that that I think everyone can relate to. (laughs) Oh yeah. Everyone loads it differently. And you would think manufacturers would teach you how to do that, right? And there are videos there. But at the end of the day, I learned how to load a dishwasher with from my mom, and she likes to pack it full. And 
my husband likes dishes to be sterilized, so he'll go after me and adjust <laughs> how they're in there. <laughs> and it used to really tick me off, but then I realized it's not it's not personal. He's not attacking me. He's just adjusting according to his preference. Oh, that is yes, I can resonate with all of that. And and the stepping back for a second and remembering that what you feel that person may be not doing adequately may just be a different learning style. So, which is what we'll talk about all that today, but yes, I could resonate that a hundred percent. So why is it so important to pick up on those subtle hints or not so subtle hints that you, that irk you from your partner or the person you live with? What are some effective ways to, or not a way effective, but why is it so important to listen to yourself, to listen to those irks? Uh, in the long, you know, in the communication game with a partner. Yeah. So those irks create a, res- a resulting emotion and a feeling, right? So we feel a certain way. Maybe we take it personally or they're just doing it to tick us off or it's uh, something that's just putting more work on me because I have to redo it. Whatever that, you know, explanation is for ourselves, there's a reaction in our bodies and our minds. And that rea- reaction can create a very, you know, contentious situation. And you have to be really clear about what your preference is, first of all, really concisely and clearly, and understand what their preference is, so that you can find a way to meet in the middle. And that's crucial. It's not going to be their way or your way all the time. It might be, you know, a compromising situation that satisfies both of you. Yeah. So would you consider that to be an effect? Like, what are other effective ways to communicate between partners and people you live with, like, or yeah, people that you share space with, like how can somebody do that in an effective manner? So not just to hurt people's feelings or to be direct, but to actually start to get the responses you're looking for. Yeah. So I think that it's really important to understand that when we're communicating around organizing uh, with your partner or somebody you're living with, It's not so much the response in that moment we're looking for. We're looking for agreement and we're looking for action. And we're looking for it based on our filter of what we think it must be. So so we really have to like get into a neutral place with all of that and know, okay, this is how I like it this is what I'm wanting them to do right now. And this is why I'm upset about it. And oftentimes why I'm upset, it's not really about the spoon upside down in the dishwasher or the wrong way in there. There's usually other things behind it. So number one, you've got to have the conversation when you're not charged, like when you're calm and they're calm And you can have an intelligent, you know, relaxed conversation about how you feel about the spoon upside down in the dishwasher and then ask for support. And it's key to ask for support very clearly instead of saying, you must do it this way, you know, and defending your position with all of the reasons why and then the scientific proof for it and all the research to back it up because people are going to be the people we care about and the people we live with, that repels them. It doesn't invite them to participate with you in creating a collaborative, harmonious environment. So true. I don't remember what I read or where I read this from you, but it 
it was a kind of like the, the approach or your intention behind, or I don't know if it's the tone of your voice. I don't know if the intention, but what are some strategies for communicating with the person, either the, op- the opposite person, so that they know you're coming from a place where you're looking for compromise? Like, what are some strategies for communicating with them that that are practical enough to do in the moment? Because as you just, you know, you mentioned, and we all know when you're in the heat of the moment or when that person is doing the exact opposite of what you need or want, um, and you're in your reactionary, it's not as easy to remember these awesome practical tips. So what are some ways that people can, can do that in the moment? Yeah. So I'm a strong advocate for not doing it in the moment. However, to your point, you know, it's hard to remember that. The nice thing about communication with anyone is you get instant feedback, right? I mean, you're going to know right away whether it's going well for you or whether it's going well for them or not. So, so I think an important strategy when you're in the moment and can't take that time out, so to speak, to go just get your mind off it and get into a fun, you know, relaxed space is to just claim it. Look, I'm upset. My blood's boiling right now over something pretty simple. And I know it does, you know, it may not sound like a big deal, but right now it is to me. I just need you to hear that I'm upset about, you know, the cabinet doors being left open or you just throwing your laundry down on the floor as you walk in the door, even though the laundry room's right there and you could put it in the basket. As soon as you claim your feelings and you're upset, it starts to get you more into a neutral mood and you're making it about yourself, not them. So that's that's tip number one. Tip number two is to check in to see how they're responding to that. If they're getting defensive, that's a clue to just say, you know what, I just wanted to share how I feel right now. Let's Let's talk about it later at another time and see if we can come up with something that works for both of us so that you know, I'm not pushing you to change. You're not pushing me to change, but we find a workable solution for both of us. So it's not a whole lot of work for either of us. Um, if they're responsive and say, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, I didn't realize it bothered you. Um, they may surprise you and say, hey, how would you how would you prefer it done? You know, the kitchen's your domain or laundry is something you handle and I want to make it easier for you. Then that opens the door. So you really have to look to see whether and you're going to know right away whether the door is open for additional communication. Yeah, I that's a really good reminder, like the at least being an observer to how that person also is responding to you. OK, so when do we introduce like empathy and active listening and all of that? Like, is this is this something that we can, you know people can practice ahead of time, especially if you're if, if you're seeing the signs of, of things that you're partner is doing is um is that something that people can practice ahead of time um so how do we introduce that active listening and empathy into this whole thing first things first right that that whole empathy and active listening um tying into your your comment about being the observer is that whoever you're living with or your partner this is not something new they've always typically always done things that way and we probably just swept it out of the, under the rug because everything else was so wonderful when we got together, right? So having self-empathy self, self empathy 
and and forgiveness and letting go and understanding, look, I went into this eyes wide open. And now we need to find something that mutually works because this today, however much time, maybe it's a month later, maybe it's years later, isn't working for me now. Um, secondly, the empathy and active listening is really internal. You've got to have that for yourself first to really unpack. Is it something you can live with going forward? Is it something that you can negotiate and find middle ground or, you know, really learn about your own relationship language and their relationship language, because that ties into communication styles. So what do I mean by that? Well, there are five relationship languages. The first one is love and belonging and love and belonging because they love and they're so other people focused and they're consummate givers. The chances are they're going to wait forever before they bring it up because they love this person. They don't want to hurt their feelings. They don't mind going above and beyond making sure things are kept, you know, taken care of and clean up after everyone, the kids and the spouse and partner. But one day it just becomes too much and they explode. But the way they explode is not through anger. It's through tears and just hurt feeling feelings and what I call an emotional you know, vomit kind of situation. And our partners, people around us who aren't emotional don't know how to deal with that. So addressing it early on is key for the love and belonging relationship language. Power oriented or relationship language folks, they're very direct in their communication and they're very task oriented. And usually they're, they already know what the best way to do it is. And they're going to be able to back it up with data and facts. So, so, so you can already see, right, love and belonging and power. If you're in that relationship dynamic, it's going to require a little, quite a bit of empathy and active listening, not from your own relationship language framework, but from theirs. So love and belonging is going to have to become very unemotional, get into this neutral place, get really clear, do their research potentially and come back with data as well, right? These are exaggerated examples to make the point. Then we've got the fun relationship language. And for them, it's like, what's the big deal? It's just a spoon in a drawer. Come on, the dishwasher is going to work regardless. Lighten up, which is going to tick the other two off, right? The love and belonging is going to feel like their feelings are even hurt even more. They're going to feel unheard. And power is going to get probably a little bit more um, dictatorial or authoritative and more assertive with the data and the facts. <laughs> and fun is going to start shutting down because there's no fun in it, right? There's no lightheartedness in it. So, <laughs> and then you've got the freedom relationship language and they live in the moment. Like they are so present moment oriented and they're the ones that will put, you know, a dirty dish on a counter intending to take it to the, to the kitchen and put it in the dishwasher or wash it. But because they live in the moment, they got distracted by something and they're off doing something that gives them freedom and joy, right? And then in comes one of these other relationship language oriented people and they see the dish on their desk <laughs> and you know where it goes from there. What are you doing to me? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the fifth relationship language is the safety survival, right? So with them, you know, it could be, that dish is on that table and you've still got gunk, you know, food in it and it's getting germy and it's going to be so hard to clean and disinfect it. And right. It becomes a bigger deal around 
safety and concern for each other's health and the dish being in its proper place because they're ultra, you know, organized. They're probably going to be your favorite, favorite clients <laughs> or, or not because they already have, you know, have it or can improve upon it. So you can already see the dynamics between the relationship languages and navigating them. It's really important to understand each other's relationship language so that you can you can have empathy and listen from that per, the perspective of that lens instead of your own lens, and then share your perspective from your lens or relationship language. So good. Oh my gosh. So good. I know that you have the, the, uh, an explanation of the five languages over on your site. And we, so if you're a listener and you're like, this is, this is amazing, then head on over to our site, which we'll share in just a second. But as you talk about these, languages is this something that can all the languages if you have two can they work together is it are there some that will of course work better than others that's like saying is is there a human that works better than others right <laughs> i tend to be very inclusive i would say that the love and belonging relationship language oriented people are a lot more tolerant um a lot more accepting and probably stay too long in, you know, relationships that just aren't going to work or will just stay and try to find ways, right? They're the peacemakers. They're going to find ways. The relationship language of fun, if if their relationship or who they're living with, it's just a drag every day, they're probably going to, you know, exit or they're going to um, not practice as much self-care as needed. So you, you will notice that fairly quickly. Uh, with freedom and power relationship language oriented people. So, you know, we all have a healthy side or can have the healthy side of the relationship languages, but we also have that shadow, not good side that can get triggered. So, um, you know, if a power relationship oriented person is very dictatorial, they're very control oriented um, towards other people, then freedom and fun is just not going to work. And then I also see that safety and uh, safety survival and power oriented uh, people can have conflict and then safety survival with fun because fun folks and freedom folks tend to be higher risk takers and adventure oriented. You know, they're the ones that will step all the way to the edge of the Grand Canyon to, to look. Meanwhile, love and belonging, safety survival, we're freaking out because we know about the winds and we read 10 stories, right? about someone falling and getting blown off. So I wouldn't say there's any one or two that are best. I think we're dealing with people. And the fact that we are dynamic every day and understanding that today I'm I'm a different person than I was when you met me. And it, it's it's an opportunity to create. It's like we have a clean slate every morning when we wake up, right? Um, and then as human beings, we all have all five relationship languages in us driving our choices which then drive our actions, our behaviors, what we think, feel, and say. And given that, we also have our pri a primary and a secondary that really creates the best self in showing up for ourselves and our relationships. And then we have a shadow one. So being aware of what those are and what those are for the other person you're interacting with will help you navigate in a really simple way and also use and leverage that information to have a discussion about choices. I feel like human beings in relationships and, and interpersonal um, you know, communication, we don't talk about choices that much. 
So if we were to shift it to what, you know, here's what I'm choosing to do in this situation. Here's my ask of you, you know, and what choices can you make for you to be happier with whatever it is we're discussing and for us to find a way to harmonize is key. Because choice is really about the action, right? And when we hear the choice, I'm choosing to, it's powerful language because it gives you that that action-oriented thing that we're looking for. We're looking for the result. And when we use the word I'm choosing, it has that personal accountability energy to it. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel like you own it. You own, it's yours, you own it. And good, the bad, and the ugly is is, uh, something that, you chose to do that you have full control over or right. at least as much as possible. Uh, and I also asked that question because I loved, well, I love your perspective on this, that we wake up, you know, as, as, as different um, human beings, dynamic human beings of personality and that we all get shaped depending on our journey, our life journey and whatnot. And, you know, it's not so black and white. So I love your perspective over it, which is how we really connected. And also the the part where if you get to learn just a little bit more about yourself and your partner, the person you live with, but your partner more specifically for this conversation, um, it, it could it could help so much because I see that quite a bit where it sometimes they talk about, well, what have you know, what do you do when your your partner is disorganized? And then I think, is it is it disorganization or is there more? Or are there quirks and aspects of your partner that you're pointing out that may be deeper. Let me bring in an expert. <laughs> Let me bring in an expert because sometimes you're just like, you think that's what it is. It's the spoon that was put in wrong, but it's something a little deeper in getting to know your partner and uh, their love language in um, like in your f- framework, I think will go a, a long way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. I've used this framework, um, in my work with couples, one one of my uh, offers is I work with couples to help save their marriage and relationship over a weekend, and this is the the foundational framework, and it's it's so powerful because it removes the emotion from it, right? You and and the upset and the interpretation and the assuming and the expectation from it. You're really using a level uh, set of simple terminology and and framing of of a situation you know a little bit more about the dishwasher story that you know it's very personal to me i used to get so upset because i'd fill the dishwasher and my husband would come on and just change it all around pull stuff out put it in the sink and i had to do my own work right i used the framework on myself and i accepted you know what i learned this from my mom where did my what's my story or my interpretation of why my mom does it without having to talk to my mom, there's no need in my situation to have done that or to show her a different way. You know, she's 60, 70 years old at that point. But shifting to a place of, you know, maybe there's something for me to learn here. Let me be curious and clean with my communication with my husband around that. I said, you know, it really hurts my feelings when you do that. I'm not really doing it to hurt your feelings. I'm doing it because the efficiency and the mechanics and the engineering and how the water and, you know, here's how the water hits the dishes. And if you do it like this, it can't get in there and the soap can't get in there. (laughs) Oh, I get it. So, you know, out of curiosity, show, show me how you put that bowl in there. You know, I mean, that beginner's mind and that curiosity can just solve a lot. 
Yeah. Like how and the why. Like, tell me more. Yeah. 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 That that's yeah. It's a really beautiful thing. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about now that we're starting to kind of unwind with the conversation because we could go on forever. So (laughs) (laughs) this is, this, this is a whole like weekend retreat situation that we could be giving people, but just to start unwinding, what is something that you would want the listener to take from this conversation about relationships, communicating with your spouse, partner, person you live with and share a space with? What is something that you would want them to take away at at the end of the day, if you're listening to this, because it's hitting a lot of your, um, it's hitting, it's hitting home. What should people be thinking about or doing next? Definitely learn your relationship language and your shadow language. And as you mentioned, you know, on my website, there's a quiz there and you can learn all about it and get as much information as you want or not there. I think the important thing is really getting clear about whether you're trying to change your partner. Right. And if you are, then, you know, get get additional help because there's something else going on there. And also understand how your past is affecting your your present need um, and also identifying what your need is. I think, secondly, there's a tendency to do things by yourself or just do it your own, on your own. I hear many couples or even people in, you know, living with other people say, just forget it. I'll do it. Right. So that that is indicative of, I want it done my way and there's no other way to do it. So being open to unlimited possibilities, if the end goal is accomplished, whether you get there your way or their way is immaterial as long as, you know, the dishes get out of the dishwasher and into the, into the cabinets. Right. Even if they outsource it, like I asked you to do it, but you just, you asked my son to come, you know, our son to come in and do it, or you hired a, a special person to right be open i think that's the that is crucial open and curious and clean with your communication and where you are with what your needs are yeah so true so good okay all right so we're starting to wrap up i asked this question of all our guests i love to learn what is your favorite magazine to read for either business and or pleasure and then why so I had to do some deep thinking on on that one. It's like I had to go into my past, right? The past storybook and it's Reader's Digest. In fact, I just renewed my subscription. It's like I had lost my way. I love that, that little, you know, magazine. Um, There's all kinds of funny, you know, clean jokes in it, short stories. And, you know, when I look at what introduced me to it? My dad used to buy me Reader's Digest books, and I loved the stories in those books. So yeah, that's one. And then I love human design and astrology, you know, just studying of patterns and energy and how that impacts human beings and life on our planet. So I'll read whatever, you know, magazines are are out there or stories that happen to hit me. But I would say on a daily basis, it's Flipboard, the app on Flipboard, because it will, right, I can put in my interests and then it'll pop up the relevant articles um, based on my topics of interest in that moment. And I also have to say AI, like AI is really fascinating to me right now from the relationship aspect of it and and how that's going to impact us in the future uh, as relational social creatures. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're going to have to dig 
a little deeper on that you, <laughs> on another conversation <laughs> because I just as fascinated. Absolutely, yes, especially with yeah, with the with the with the communication styles that how yes. it's going to change. Yeah. All right. So where can people reach you if they want to learn more about this super interesting topic and all about you and the quiz and all the good stuff? Where can people reach you? So you can go to drdarhawks.com. And if you type in Dr. Darhawks in your search engine, you're going to find all my stuff there. But I definitely invite you to go take the quiz. And you can do that at relationshipquiz.me or at drdarhawks.com. Um, and there'll be a packet of information that goes with the quiz that I think will be super fun and beneficial. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Very interesting. And I'm excited to hopefully people will share with us what they thought about the conversation and that you all uh, go do the quiz. So head on over there. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing. Happy organizing.